days 15 through 17 of Think Well on It by Richard Chaloner. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. Fifteenth day on the interior pains of hell. Consider first that the fire of hell with all the rest of the exterior torments which are endured there are terrible indeed but no way is comparable to the interior pains of the soul the poena dameni or eternal loss of god and of all that is good the extremity of anguish which follows from this loss the rueful remorse of a bitter but fruitless repentance attended with everlasting rage and despair the complication of all those racking tortures in the inward powers and faculties of the soul are torments incomparably greater than anything that can be suffered in the body consider secondly in particular that pain of loss which in the judgment of the divines is the greatest of all the torments of hell the worldlings here have difficulties of conceiving how this can be possible alas poor sinners so weak is their notion of eternal goods and so deeply are they immersed in the goods of this world amusing themselves with a variety of created objects which divert their thoughts from god's sovereign goodness that they cannot conceive how the loss of god can be so great and dismal a torment as his saints and servants who are guided by better lights agree it to be but the case will be altered when they find themselves in hell there they shall be convinced by woeful experience what a misery it is to have lost their god lost him totally lost him irrevocably lost him eternally lost him in himself lost him in all his creatures and to be eternally banished from him who was their only happiness last end sovereign good nay the overflowing fountain of all good and in losing him to have lost all that is good and that for ever as long as sinners are in this mortal life they in many ways partake of the goodness of god who makes the sun to rise on the good and bad and the rain to fall upon the just and unjust all that is agreeable in this world all that is delightful in creatures and all that is comfortable in life is all in some measure a participation of the divine goodness no wonder then that the sinner whilst he so many ways partakes of the goodness of god should not in this life be sensible of what it is to be totally and eternally deprived of him but in hell alas those unhappy wretches shall find that in losing god they have lost all kinds of good or comfort which any of his creatures heretofore afforded instead of which they find all things now conspiring against them nor any way left of diverting the dreadful thought of this loss which is always present to their minds and grinds them with inexpressible torments consider thirdly that every damned soul shall be a hell to herself and all and every one of her powers and faculties shall have their respective hells her memory shall be forever tormented by revolving without ceasing on her past folly stupidity and madness and forfeiting the eternal joys of heaven that ocean of bliss which she might have obtained at so cheap a rate and which so many of her acquaintance are now in possession of 
for an empty trifling pleasure that lasted but for a moment and left nothing behind but the stain of sin and the remorse of a guilty conscience or for some petty interest or punctilio of honor by which she was then robbed of all her treasures and honors and upon account of which she is now so miserably poor and despicable eternally trodden under foot by insulting devils oh what will her judgment then be of this transitory world and all its cheating vanities when after having been millions of ages in hell looking back from that immense eternity and scarce being able to find out that infinite duration this little point of her mortal life she shall compare time with eternity past pleasures with present pains virtue with vice and heaven with hell consider fourthly that the understanding of the damned shall also have its proper hell in being forever deprived of the light of truth always employed in false and blasphemous judgments and notions concerning god and his justice to the great increase of its own misery and ever dwelling upon the thoughts of present and future torments without being able for a moment to think of anything else so that all and every one of the torments which the damned endure and are to endure for eternity are every moment before the eyes of their understanding and thus in every moment they bear the insupportable load of a miserable eternity consider fifthly that as the obstinate will of the sinner has been the most guilty so this power of the soul shall suffer in proportion the greatest torment always seeking what she shall never find and ever flying from what she must eternally endure ah what fruitless longings what vain wishes shall be her constant entertainment whilst she is doomed for eternity never to attain any one even the least thing which she desires oh who can express that violent impetuosity with which the will of these wretches is now carried towards god sensible as they are of the immense happiness which is found in the enjoyment of him but alas they always find an invisible hand that drives them back or rather they always find themselves bound fast down in eternal chains struggling in vain with the hand which they cannot resist and unable to make the least approach towards the objects of their restless desires hence they break forth into a thousand blasphemies hence the whole soul is torn in pieces with a whole army of the violent and with all opposite passions of fury envy hatred despair etc these torments of the interior powers of the soul are attended with that never-dying worm of conscience which shall ever prey upon these miscreants by which is meant an eternal remorse a bitter but fruitless repentance which is ever racking their despairing souls sweet jesus deliver us from such a dreadful complication of evils sixteenth day on a miserable eternity consider first that what above all things makes hell intolerable is the eternity of its torments it is this eternity which is an infinite aggravation to all and every one of them it is this loathsome ingredient which makes every drop of that bitter cup of the divine vengeance of which the sinners of earth must drink so insupportable were there any hopes that the miseries of the damned would one day have an end 
though it was after millions of ages hell would no longer be hell because it would admit of some comfort but for all those inexpressible torments to continue forever as long as god shall be god without the least hopes of ever seeing an end of them oh this it is that is the greatest rack of the damned oh eternity eternity how little do worldlings apprehend thee now but how terrible wilt thou be to them one day when they shall find themselves engulfed in thy bottomless abyss there to be for ever the butt and mark of all the arrows of god's avenging justice consider secondly if one short night seems so long and tedious to a sick man in a burning fever if he tosses and turns to and fro and nowhere finds rest if he counts every hour and with so much impatience longs for the succeeding morning which yet will bring him but little relief or comfort what must this dreadful night of eternity be accompanied with all the interior and exterior torments of hell no man in his senses would purchase a kingdom at the rate of lying for ten years on a soft bed of down without arising from it ah what misery then must it be to be chained down to a bed of fire and brimstone not for ten years nor yet for ten thousand times ten but for as many hundred thousand millions of ages as there are drops of water in the ocean atoms in the air or in a word for an immense eternity consider thirdly and in order to conceive still better what this eternity is imagine with thyself that if any one of the damned were to shed but one single tear at the end of every thousand years till he had shed tears enough to fill the sea what an immense space of time must this require the world has not yet lasted six thousand years so that the first of all the damned would not have shed six tears and yet o oh, dreadful eternity the time will certainly come when any one of those wretches that are now in hell may be able with truth to say that for the rates of one tear for a thousand years he might have shed tears enough to drown the whole world and fill up the immense space between heaven and earth and happy would he think himself if his torments were then to have an end but alas after these millions of millions of ages he shall be as far from the end of his misery as he was the first day he fell into hell compute after this if thou pleasest as many hundred thousand millions of years as thy thoughts can reach to nay suppose the whole surface of the earth to be covered with numerical figures cast up if thou canst this immense sum of years and then multiply it by itself and multiply again a second time the product by itself and then at the foot of this immense account write down here begins eternity o terrible eternity it is possible that they who believe in thee should not fear thee and is it possible that they who fear thee should dare to sin consider fourthly that in this eternity it would be some small comfort to the damned if their pains like those of this life had any intermission or abatement but alas their torments are always uniformly the same their eternal fever never abates for as their sins are always the same the gate of mercy and pardon is eternally shut against them so the punishment of their sins 
shall always continue in one and the same degree of rigor without the least remission or diminution the rich glutton in hell luke fourteen has not yet been able to obtain so much as that single drop of water for which he so earnestly begged nor will he ever obtain it for all eternity nor shall length of time inure these wretches to those evils which they suffer so as to make them the more supportable nor shall habit or custom harden them against their accusers but after millions of ages their torments shall be as fresh and their feelings of them the same as on the first day great god who can bear thy indignation or support the weight of thy avenging hand o dreadful evil of mortal sin which can thus enkindle this eternal flame seventeenth day on heaven consider first that if the justice of god be so terrible in regard to his enemies how much more will his mercy goodness and bounty declare themselves in favor of his friends mercy and goodness are his favorite attributes in which he most delights his tender mercies says the royal prophet psalm 144 are above all his works what then must this blessed kingdom be which in his goodness he has prepared for his beloved children for the manifestation of his riches glory and magnificence for all eternity a kingdom which the son of god himself has purchased for us at no less a price than that of his own most precious blood no wonder then that the apostle cries out first corinthians two nine that neither eye hath seen nor ear heard nor hath it entered into the heart of man what god has prepared for those that love him no wonder that this beatitude is described by divines as a perfect and everlasting state replenished with all that is good without the least mixture of evil a general and universal good filling to the brim the vast capacity of our affections and desires and eternally securing us from all fear danger and want of change oh here it is that the servants of god as the psalmist declares psalm thirty five shall be inebriated with the plenty of god's house and shall be made to drink of the torrents of his pleasure even of that fountain of life which is with him and flows from him into their happy souls for ever and ever consider secondly that although this blessed kingdom abounds with all that can be imagined good and delightful yet there is one sovereign good in the sight love and enjoyment of which consists the essential beatitude of the soul and that is god himself whom the blessed shall ever behold face to face and by the contemplation of his infinite beauty are set on fire with seraphitic flames of love and by a most pure and amiable union are transformed in a manner into god himself as when brass or iron in the furnace is perfectly penetrated by the fire it loseth its own nature and becometh all flame and fire happy soul what can be wanting to complete your joys who are in perfect possession of god the overflowing source of all good who have within and without you the vast ocean of endless felicity oh the excessive bounty of our god who giveth his servants in recompense of their loyalty a reward so great and good which is nothing less than himself who is the immense joy of angels 
oh shall not that suffice my soul to make thee happy which makes god himself happy consider thirdly the glory and beauty of the heavenly jerusalem which the holy scripture to accommodate itself to our weakness represents under the notion of such things as we most admire here below thus st john in his apocalypse describing this blessed city tells us that its walls are of precious stones and its streets of pure and transparent gold that these streets are watered by the river of the waters of life which resplendent as crystal flows from the throne of god and that on each side of the banks of this river grows the tree of life that there shall be no night nor any sun or moon but that the lord god shall be its light for ever o blessed jerusalem o how glorious are the things that are said of thee o city of god but what wonder for if our god has given us so great and noble a palace here below in this place of banishment beautified with the sun moon and stars furnished and adorned with such an infinite variety of plants flowers trees and living creatures of so many sorts all subservient to man if i say he has so richly provided for us in this vale of tears and region of the shade of death what must our eternal habitation be in the land of the living if here he be so bountiful even to his enemies in giving them so commodious so noble a dwelling what may not his friends and servants expect in his eternal kingdom in which and by which he designs to manifest to them his greatness and glory for endless ages in an everlasting banquet which he has there prepared for his elect blessed by all creatures be his goodness for ever consider fourthly the blessed inhabitants of this heavenly kingdom those millions of millions of angels of whom the prophet daniel having seen god almighty in a vision tells us daniel eight that thousands of thousands ministered to him and ten thousand of hundreds of thousands stood before him an infinite multitude of saints and martyrs and other servants of god of both sexes gathered out of all nations tribes and tongues and above them all the blessed virgin mother of god queen of saints and angels whose number is innumerable but oh who can express the happiness of enjoying the society of this most noble glorious wise holy and blessed company they are all of blood royal all kings and queens all children and heirs of the most high god ever beautiful and always young crowned with wreaths of immortal glory and shining more bright than the sun their love and charity for each other are more than can be conceived they have all but one heart will and soul so that the joy and satisfaction of every one are multiplied as manyfold as there are blessed souls and angels in heaven by the inexpressible delight each other takes in the happiness of all and every one of the rest o christians let us then imitate their virtues here that we may enjoy their happy society hereafter and with them eternally sing to our god the immortal canticles of praise in zion consider fifthly that what renders the joys of heaven and the felicity of its blessed inhabitants completely great is the consideration of the duration of this bliss and that infallible certainty and security which they enjoy 
that their happiness is even linked with God's eternity, that as long as God shall be God, they shall remain with him in his blessed kingdom. O oh, my soul, how pleasant, how delightful is it to look forward into this vast eternity, and there to lose thyself in this happy prospect of endless ages. O oh, bless thy God, who has prepared such immortal joys for the reward of such small services, and designed them for thee from all eternity. Nor shall this immense eternity render those enjoyments the least disagreeable or tedious by the length of possession. But as God is an endless ocean of all good, and his divine essence is inexhaustible, infinite treasure of delights, so the happiness of those that eternally enjoy him shall be ever fresh and always new. Conclude then, O Christian soul, to despise and forsake all that is earthly and temporal, and from this hour to begin thy journey towards this glorious, heavenly, and eternal kingdom. There thou shalt find all that thy heart can desire, immortal honors, immense riches, pure and eternal pleasures, life, health, beauty never fading, etc. Oh, this alone is thy true home, the land of the living. End of homilies 15, 16, and 17.